Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. My name is Jens Nelson. And my name is Lucas Stock. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Uh, Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. So Lucas, uh, we're in Martyr May. Uh, If our listeners- Martyr Month. Yeah, it's Martyr Month. It's another themed month. If you missed Tuesday's episode, we talked about uh, the generic idea of what martyrdom is. We talked about how um, this whole month we're going to be talking about different aspects of martyrdom. Um, And then on Fridays, we're going to be talking about specific martyrs. Um, So today, our first martyr of May, we're going to be talking about none other than Justin Martyr. So Lucas, why don't you take it away? Sounds good. Uh, Martyr is not his last name, but he was a martyr, which is why he's in this list of... I, I don't know if... Obviously, you know, listener, if we what we decided to do. Are we going to put martyrs of history? Or are we going to say Christians of history still? Who knows? You do. Anyway, um, Justin was born in Flavia Neapolis, uh, which, if you know your Old Testament, uh, is Shechem, actually. Uh, in Palestine. He lived approximately 100 to 165. Um, We don't have exact dates, but that's about when he lived. So early second century, he is one of those examples. You know how much I love examples of early Christians that we have uh, writings from. Um, He says that his father's name was Priscus and his grandfather was Bacchius. He was uh, a Greek. He was a Gentile. Um, But he was living in Palestine, born there, and his family seems to be citizens of a Roman colony in in Samaria. So Justin kind of had like an interesting awareness of Judaism and the Jewish backgrounds to the Christian faith compared to, you know, other Gentiles who, you know, would be living in other parts of the empire. Um, And this awareness and sensitivity and knowledge can be be seen in his writings, um, which is pretty interesting. He was one of the early uh, group of writers that have come to be known as apo- the the apologists. Like you'll often in, in literature see like capital A, the apologists. And Justin is kind of one of the most famous um, of the apologists. These early Christian authors and writers who um, were defending the faith, writing apologies for the faith, engaging with their surrounding culture and competing ideologies, religions, philosophies. Um, and he, his writings are, are one of our examples of that. You know, we have one of the, uh, writings, the one that I've read from him is called the first apology and it's, it's, it's addressed to the emperor and he is, he is making an apology for the Christian faith. He's, he's, he's arguing that Christians should not be persecuted and he's explaining, Hey, we're not crazy. We're not criminals. We're not, you know, uh, rebels or anything, but kind of explaining what, uh, they're all about, um. And then he also wrote something called the, the Dialogue with Trypho. Um, I think it's called Di- the Dialogue with Trypho the Jew. Um, it's it's a in the form of a dialogue of a back and forth. Uh, it's sort of a um, engaging with with Judaism, um, not paganism or not the Roman Empire, but with with the Jewish uh, opposition or objections to the Christian faith. So um, one of the early apologists, you know, pretty big deal being so early. Um, and, and we have several of his writings that, that, that are authentic that we know were actually written by him, which is cool. Um, so philosophy was a really big deal for Justin. 
Um, it was a really big deal in the Greek world, and it was a really big influence on him, and it was a significant factor in his own career, as well as just the way his, his theology uh, was articulated and the way it developed. So at this time in history, philosophers were kind of like, I, I don't really know if we have like an equivalent to this in our society, um, but they would, philosophers would travel around and they would go to different cities and they would, they would show up and they would basically establish a school, Jensen can see I'm putting air quotes around it, where they, they, they would come to a city and they would say, I'm a philosopher, I teach the philosophy of, of Plato or the Stoics or the Cynics or whatever, um, come learn from me and, and I will teach you the, the, the true philosophy to, to, to obtain true wisdom and, and the good life, right? And they would try to attract students because this was how they made their money, this was their livelihood and their, their career. And this was how philosophy, or at least one of the major ways, because remember most people couldn't read at this point, um, this was kind of the main way that philosophies spread around to different places. So you'd have people who would be trained in a certain philosophy and then they would go somewhere else and to, to train others. Um, and Justin, you know, in this, this cultural phenomenon, you know, he, he was attracted to a bunch of different philosophical schools as, as he was young, he's trying to, you know, obtain wisdom and, and be, uh, you know, a good uh, philosophically informed person, all that kind of stuff. But he eventually landed with the Platonist school. But shortly thereafter, before he made too much progress in that, he was attracted to Christianity. Um, he he saw this wisdom that he's looking for in the way that the church um, exposited the prophets of Israel, which remember he would have been at least somewhat familiar with, you know, some of the main themes of Israel's religion, obviously being growing up around it. Um, and he saw in Christianity this true philosophy that everyone was searching for and that he was searching for. So because of that, and also, interestingly, because of the example of martyrs, he he was was persuaded to become a Christian, and, and he, he converted. And then he became a teacher of Christianity, and he continued to wear the philosopher's cloak. So these, these traveling teachers of philosophy, the people who were the philosophers, um, they had a distinctive cloak that they would wear so you could identify them. Um, so he continued to wear that cloak as a teacher of philosophy, but his quote-unquote school of philosophy was the Christian faith, right? So he's going around as a philosopher, um, a, a, a type of person that, people in the Roman Empire would have been familiar with um, going and, and what he's teaching them. He's saying, come, you know, listen to what I have to teach you. I have wisdom. I have the true philosophy. And then what he's teaching is Christianity. So eventually he made it all the way to Rome. Um, and that's where he would sort of stay and, and teach until uh, the time of his death. Um, in the Roman church, at least in the city of Rome at this time, um, teachers like Justin were probably the ones who prepared converts um, for baptism. Um, and there was, it, they, they kind of occupied a weird position in the church because they were, they were obviously involved in the formation of new believers because they're the ones teaching them what they need to know um, prior to baptism. And they're the ones probably spreading the faith by being 
known as these teachers of, of true wisdom. Um, but they were kind of outside the actual like organizational structure of the church. So they weren't directly subject to church discipline. Um, they, they weren't ordained members of clergy that were setting up seminaries, for example. Um, you know, Justin's in his philosopher's cloak, and he, he was basically this, this, this class of, of society that's outside of the church, but, but is connected to the church because he's, he's a Christian, but he's not formally part of the church. You know, today we probably think of discipleship taking place during Sunday school at church, but that's not what was happening at this time. Um, you, you wouldn't be able to go and get this kind of teaching in church because church is meeting in people's homes, probably at night, secretly, right? It, it's a different cultural moment, cultural context. Um, eventually, Justin, along with six other believers, were arrested um, and they were condemned and they were put to death. He was killed by beheading, um, which is where he gets his title of martyr. Um, and a few notes on sort of the impact that he's had through history in terms of uh, theology, as well as, as giving us insights into early Christian practice. Um, in his writings, he, give, he gives some pretty detailed descriptions of what Christian worship was like, which is uh, helpful for putting together ideas of what liturgical practices looked like in the, in the second century, the you know, early to mid second century when he was living, like he talks about what baptism looked like, what was required, what they did, what the Eucharist was. And he explains what it meant and what it didn't mean and how they did it. Um, it's really interesting that, that those descriptions come in his, his first apology. Um, it's a really interesting glimpse into that time of history. Um, he also quotes or paraphrases uh, the first three gospels, the Pauline letters, First Peter, as well as he was the first writer to quote from the book of Acts. So he his writings are useful for, for looking at um, what the canon looked like in, in the early stages. Because, I mean, you know, he was born in 100. The New Testament writings had only been completed, you know, probably 10 to 15 years before his birth. Like... By the time he's old enough where he's a Christian and he's writing and teaching, like, um, we're not talking about, like, a concrete, finalized canon yet. So it's interesting to see the writings that, that we have that he's already quoting as scripture um, so early. Um, and theologically, Justin kind of contributed this, I, this, this notion, this perspective of history where there's this, this overarching divine plan that God is working out through history. And, and it's all pointing to Christ and, and sort of coming to its, to its conclusion in Christ and in the church as those who are bound to Christ and follow him. Um, so some pretty, some pretty interesting and, and, and significant contributions that, that his legacy holds for, for the church throughout history. Um, and definitely an interesting look into like what Roman life was look like, as looked like, was looking like, as well as uh, um, the, the, what the church was was doing at the time so that's justin martyr um, our first christian martyr of history for the for the month of may um but that's that's uh that's what i got for for good old justin awesome yeah i i it's so i love learning about early christians it's it's a it's such an interesting glimpse into the you know the early life of the church into a world that is so distant from us but also not so distant at the same time but 
thank you, Lucas, for the, the preparation. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcast. You're always welcome to shoot us an email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Um, please send us your feedback, uh, good and bad. Give us your, your questions, um, episode ideas even. Like if you have a really good idea for a martyr episode, we could change our schedule. It's not set in stone. So uh, let us know. But until next time, peace. See you.